Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica, and I am your host. Today is July 28th, uh, 2020. Oh, my God, time has flown by with this COVID thing. And I am here to just talk about the next step if people were harmed, um, sexually harassed, assaulted, um, in AA or in a sober living um, rehab Liberal living into their own great. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this is a show that you can call in, and that is 818-475-9211. And one of the reasons why I I just thought you know with all this stuff that's gone on, first it was like Harvey Weinstein and the Me Too movement, and then the next thing was. Um, after that was uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, we had, um, you know, just a bunch of, especially with the Me Too, you know, there were so many people that were getting called out and people losing their job at Fox. And Fox News, Roger Ailes, the head of there, and, I mean, there were just people you couldn't believe were uh, getting fired and people stepping down. And then there was a lot of more about the church, you know, people getting uh, outed and the church getting sued and the church forcing to deal with it. And I remember going to a Catholic Mass and seeing um, a sign on the wall and also seeing something in uh, in their pamphlet. And this was in Los Angeles, California. So I said, okay, that's that's a good thing. And then you see these ads for these uh, lawyers, you know, and they're suing, uh, and then the rest of them, the Boy Scouts had a resurgence of suing, which I think it's really kind of took them out and forced them into bankruptcy. So uh, they, I, what I decided to do was in the leave, Leaving AA uh, group, I did a poll, and um, let me just say this, I've on... Live on the podcast now, uh, call in, let's see, call in, if you want to talk, call in, <laughs> if you want, today, isn't the world just so crazy right now, I mean, between between the pandemic and, um, let me put in the number, 
you know, I'm going to move in, and then you're going to take care of me. So pretty strange. Uh, yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty strange. The next level was where stuff happened at rehab and sober living. And at first, I had no idea what sober living had evolved to when I left because I was so insulated. And to me, a sober living, I thought, was just... Um, you know, it, it was just uh, like a house and people were trying to be, you know, uh, make a cheap place for people to stay and all that. Well, that is not the case either anymore. And this became a multi-million dollar business and then would be a hundreds of million dollar business and then billions. I mean, I don't know if that's really true. It just billion dollars. Wow. It just seems crazy. And I guess it really could be because if you think about Chris Batham, who just got 58 years, and I do believe that the trial is still forthcoming with his, uh, the what do you call it, the health care fraud of $178 million. And so if, he, if he's just one guy, and that's $178 million, and then there was a guy in Florida, and his was over a hundred million you can see how easily like the fraud and the money to be made there and so when i learned about the kickbacks and the body brokering and what that meant and how it was done at first when the person who was telling me about it tried to describe it to me i was like no that can't be like no you can't like why is blue cross and blue shield paying for somebody living in a house like that's can't that can't be Right? So that's what I was like. I was like, oh, no, that's, like, impossible. And she's like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's like this is happening to the tune of, like, people would get $500, $800 for a kickback. Well, why would you give somebody that much money? Well, if you could charge their insurance 14000 a pop twice or, you know, get the insurance to pay, excuse me, like 28000 Five or eight hundred is not really a lot of money, right? And so now I'm talking a lot about, not just about sexual, I'm talking a lot about the fraud and about the abuses that go on in the industry, which is huge. And don't even get me started about, you know, Gavin Newsom, because last fall I went down to uh, Costa Mesa where uh, Cotty Petronoris, um, they they wrote a, a group of people along with Wendy McIntyre, who lost her son, Oh, 14 years ago, is trying to get laws passed to put safety precautions at these places, especially sober living. I know another mother, um, actually two mothers who lost their young sons in their late teens, early 20s, um, where the men were sexual predators. You know what I mean? They were definitely um, interested in their sons, uh, for more than helping them with their sobriety. And uh, there goes my doggy barking. But anyway, um, I would love for you to call in. It's 310, no, not 310, sorry, guys, sorry, sorry, sorry. So the number to call in is 818-475-9211. As I learned about what was going on in the 502 Club in West Covina, what was going on there is interesting because that was a sober living. So it was a real business that somebody was, even if they called it a nonprofit, and 
it became what the problem with the AA people is that they were so used to getting a pass and being being able to get away with this sexual predation because if you went to the police, they were like, well, let's say, hey, like, that's not illegal, right? Like, that's just, like, it's like a church. So it's so funny. Um, if you'd say, well, if you said this now, well, you know, you were in a church, so it was a priest, so there's nothing really we can do about that. You would be like, what? Like, you are crazy. Like, of course, like, that's outrageous. Now, when it's children... It's even more egregious, and it happened a lot to a lot of children with the Catholic Church, and it also happened to children in AA. So one of the headlines that wound up in my film was, like, child molested in an AA meeting, like, in a meeting. Like, that was the other thing people would say. They would go, oh, but it didn't happen in a meeting, so that's an outside issue. I was like, wow, you guys are, like, you guys are weird. You guys are fucking nuts. Like... If just because you met him there and then you, the guy convinced you or the the woman convinced you, as is women predators too, um, more, more men, but there's women predators, definitely in AA, uh, preying on younger men, um, more successful men, whatever. There's, there's a long list of types of men that these predator women would prey on, but that it didn't have to be happening in it. Like they met you there and then you're, you're alone there and then your family's really angry at you, nobody's talking to you, and you go to AA and everybody's hugging you and they're actually like to have this natural like, oh, hi, like, you know, um, yeah, it's a real setup. It's a real setup for really vulnerable people. And so the stuff that happened, so we I created like this workshop, uh, the Make AA Safer Workshop, and we did one in Culver City. It was really, really successful in that there were, we did like 10 tables of 10 people, and I don't know, there was not 100 people there, but maybe like 50 or 60 people came. And people came from the surrounding area, not just from Culver City or West LA, and what we began to see then here, that there was other strange, strange behavior going on in AA that was really, uh, that was dangerous, that was um, threatening, telling people who they could date. Uh, young people really giving old timers like it was just really it was really kind of disturbing, very disturbing what we heard, and then we put it all together and then um, you know we made the minutes and I sent those to New York and nothing happened and uh, so I wrote a long letter and then I, you know I wrote another long letter and the first one I didn't get a response the second one uh, I had a bunch of people in the meeting they signed the letter and that went off and from that we began to push and do emails. We did get a response from them, and it was a lot of pushback at that time. And so that was 10 years ago. I can't believe it. Um, but then, and the reason I kind of got outraged was because it was the rape was going on in West, yeah, West Covina. Now, now that woman, some of them were 19, 20, 21. She's like 31 years old now. Some of them just, you know, they left town, and they didn't want to get involved. They went back to their states where they came from. And I was so disturbed because... The story was that there were like 20 women in a house. It wasn't a big house. It wasn't a mansion in Malibu. And uh, hey, if you're listening out there, you can call 818-475-9211 to talk about this. You can talk in the third person, meaning you don't have to talk like it's you. You can say, I know this person. This is what happened to them. Um, this is how I think about it or feel about it. And um, you know, just know that if anybody calls in to troll it, you'll just be like, I'll just 
you know, cut you off and hang up on you quickly. But uh, I haven't had that happen much, but I did have it happen once. So I, I received a letter through the workshop, the very first one, from a young woman who told the story of what this guy was doing. And, you know, it was basically like, you know, exchanging sex, um, unwanted sex for your room and for staying there. And that's completely illegal, very illegal. And at the time, I didn't even know, like, how to address that, that that is what was going on there. And more dealing with it that it was 13-stepping in my head because I was still in AA and I was, I mean, I knew I was on my way out. I had, I knew I had to leave but I still didn't see how, if it was sober living and rehab, uh, that this was a very, very easy case for somebody to sue with a lawyer. So you have criminal activity uh, with what the guy's doing, and then you have um, somebody who could sue civilly for sexual, more than sexual harassment, right? I mean, that's bigger than harassment to exchange um, sex extortion, you know, sex for your rent. Um, and especially this guy was in his 50s and all the women were younger. They were all young. They were late teens, 20, 21 years old. Now, eventually, I could not go to that, uh, what do you call it, the indictment, like when they do their first pretrial. Man, I wish I could have been there. Um, it was filled with AA people. And, and the judge felt like there was a case. And so he was... Um, I don't think he was arrested at the time, but, well, I, you know what? I think I remember hearing a story from one of the guys from out there where the police came and, they, like, three cars pulled up to the 502 club and went in and arrested them and took them out and took them away. Um, he eventually got out. I mean, the, the girl kind of went off to a rehab and was afraid and stayed somewhere for a year, and she wouldn't return my calls. Um, but eventually he did it to somebody else, and he also did something to – some girl standing in a line like at um, Ross's or Target or something. And so the police were called, and he already began to have a record. So, you know, that's what's good about, like, you know, people trying to make some noise about it. In fact, I did call the police in both cities. Uh, West Covina, there's a city just sister to it. And I called, and they said, you know, you need to have the girl come in, and she needs to press the charges. And so there was a, a really great woman out there and Verna Sanchez, and she took the young woman, and uh, they went to the police station, and that's how that process began. So you can see that most always there's somebody that will have to support somebody in a really genuine way and not victim blame. Again, this is Monica Richardson, and this is 818-475-9211. If you want to call in, please call in. Uh, Yeah, so the process was that the more that I dug, um, it really, you know, it really got really deep. And, um, you know, it seemed like it was just so awful that I could not take it anymore. And I went, would go with Callie, uh, and sometimes I'd bring my husband because the meeting seemed just so creepy, the mixed meetings that these men that were coming were not AA members. They didn't pretend they were. And they were predators. They were really bold. They had become very emboldened and did whatever they wanted. So, um, you know, it it was pretty scary. So I knew that, that that whole summer that I would just try to, like, pound the wall, and I created and wrote literature 
with the input of other people, and we distributed it and created, you know, I guess I did a few more workshops. Some other people did workshops, got people talking, got people really um, agitated, and eventually I knew I would have to leave. And uh, it became really, really hard for me, and uh, hard for me to sit in a meeting, hard for me to listen to any of the readings. I started to go to uh, Smart Recovery. There were moderation management meetings at the time. I had a friend who got a DUI, so I brought her there, and I would sit there, and I really learned a lot, a lot I learned. Um, so, you know, I I just think that there are things sometimes in the world where it's just so hard to shine the light on the evil and uh, or the corruption, like with the Catholic Church, which I don't dislike the Catholic Church I'll go to a mass, you know, with my husband. I I don't think that the Catholic Church is all bad. Mm. I'm sure you could fight with me. Someone could fight with me over that, but I don't think they are. And uh, and do I think that all, you know, AA, I think that AA itself is pretty bad. <laughs> Sorry, but I really can't. The, all the people are not. There are some, there are some decent people in it. I was one of them. All the people that are ex-steppers that are in my groups were one of them. And so uh, I think that it's, you know, um, about shining the light on these issues and unrooting corruption and violence against people, sexual violence against people, financial uh, people, you know, would take advantage of people financially. That certainly happened to me too in AA, um, as well as 13 step happened to me when I was like 19 and turning a year sober. Not very nice. It was a it was a horrible experience. So I think that anything like this has happened to you. You don't want to call in. You don't want to talk. It looks that way because there's just like crickets out there. And 310. No, sorry, I keep saying that. 818. Four seven five ninety two eleven. I'm going to go on for I don't know a little bit longer, and then I'll just end the show sooner. But um, that if anything like that has happened, and you don't want to talk here, you can reach me at make aasafer at gmail dot com. That's an email. Make aasafer at gmail dot com, and then you can also reach me here at blogtalkradiosaferecovery dot com. Um, Blog Talk Radio is the platform. Safe Recovery is the name of my show, and you can send me something here um, if you're on Facebook or Twitter. Um, I'm on those more. Uh, and then, you know, I have not checked that email in, in quite some time, uh, the Gmail. So I better take a look and to see what's going on there. Uh, so here's like some of the stories. I, so I make it through that summer and the fall, and we try to get it on the agenda, and we want to talk about literature. And then um, it's almost like they wanted to vote on it. I said, no, we need to talk about it first. And uh, I'm not really up for that I can't have this literature here. Like, we need something really badly. I think it took, like, I don't know, seven years later, they came up with the thing called the yellow card. It's kind of a little warning thing. It's better than nothing. Uh, They need much more than that. But like I said, it's better than nothing. And then once I couldn't even, like, tolerate the reading of Chapter 5, I knew I was going. And I just stayed to keep my commitment. I was a general service rep at GSR. And if you don't know what that is, that's a 
representative that connects the group to New York. So when New York tries to say that they have nothing to, to do with their groups, then they should say, why do you have a GSR? And why do you promote and push that every group has one and that they send money and that they uh, you know, want the groups and talk about this all the time for the groups to send a percentage of money to New York if you're not connected to the group. So that's like total horseshit. But I do have to say, with all this stuff going on, I do have some other things that are just kind of making me a little more mad than this stuff right now. It's not like I've let it go completely. But um, I was making a film uh, about rehab and sober living. Uh, last fall, I shot a lot of interviews and really have almost enough to just make a, a short film. And uh, so that's probably what I'm going to do. And I think that the stories that I began to hear and read, so the interesting thing back then is there were reporters that would put you know, AA in the in the headlines. And they were negative stories. There was like so-and-so shot, you know, man shot, and you find out that it was his sponsor. And then, of course, Christine and Sandra Kass, who were murdered, and it was a murder-suicide, who he was not in a relationship. I mean, it took me so far to, to really to dig at this and get the truth. I called the news. I finally had her best friend who would talk to me. Uh, I had friends who lived there, and so I pursued that. And then finally a reporter did a second story and said, you know, that he was court-ordered. And then I found out about court-ordering, you know, that that these judges are court-ordering people to go to AA and that these are violent criminals, and they're violent. Uh, some of them are violent uh, sex offenders, and some of them are just violent men. And, of course, many people, women, get sent, uh, forced to go to AA. People don't realize that they can fight back like there's a great story right now that just came uh somebody sent it to me yesterday and this is a story about the united airlines pilot let me just get this one um let me see um hmm. um you know i gotta tell you this is so funny with stuff with facebook you know flagging stuff that it's not the truth and i'm like really like oh my god we live in an age of but that's re really, guys, why WordPress blogs are really important. So they're they're free, and I had one free for a long time. Mine is not free anymore, unfortunately. Um, I made it get bigger because I had so many people coming there, and now it's like I don't need it to be so big. But anyway, the point is, if you have a blog, nobody can censor you. So I think I'm going to go that route again with this political stuff that I'm really pissed off about and want to see some change, and. Because even Twitter, like Twitter is better than Facebook, but um, yeah, even Twitter has taken some things down recently. Um, so anyway, there we go. Uh, the story continued as I, when Sandra Cass and her daughter were murdered, so then it kind of like went off topic of like, okay, now we're not talking about sexual assault and 13-stepping, and I'm not like talking about murder and then somebody said oh you know you see the Carla Brada case and Jesus the Carla Brada case got such little press it was like the tiniest little story in the LA Times and it was also in the uh, the San Fernando I mean out there it was, there was a reporter who followed it and reported it in there and then I wound up finding the parents um, by looking them up I mean like calling 411 or whatever I did hello information and I found her parents and I called them and I talked to them, and I guess they were suing. They were in pursuit of suing Alcoholics Anonymous and 
many, many others involved in their daughter's death, their beautiful, beautiful daughter. And I, I got to know Yarrow and Hector and Sasha um, really well, especially Yarrow and Hector, and sat through that trial and learned so much about um, how the justice system works. And I, I would have to say that I, I think that the, the thing that I, one of the things that's really critical, I mean, it's better than China. That's the, the Chinese Communist Chinese Party, uh, that's for sure. But um, you know that uh, they really treat the criminals with way too much ass-kissing, I saw. It was really disgusting. Uh, there was another murder trial that I went to over Tracy White, uh, sober 17 years, who thought he was going to help these two people from, um, uh, was it Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? Oh, my God, what a horror story. Really, really horrific murder. And um, Yeah, that was a hard one to sit through. But, um, okay, so they went to jail, but now we have, like, this governor who's letting um, 8,000 federal offenses out. Uh, Whether he's let them out already, I don't know, but there's just some problems, and uh, which, of course, I guess there are in every society. It's not perfect. Uh, Not as bad as China, though. Hey, a listener there in the queue. Hey there. Um, You can just, like, wave your hand or text me if you want to say anything. Uh, three one. I keep doing this three one zero thing. Eight one eight four seven five ninety two eleven. So it is still crickets, and uh, nobody is calling in. Um, and so I'm just going to finish up with uh, how bad the story's got. So you see, what happened to me is that it started to. Ex- I started out to expose 13 stepping, then found out that there were rapes going on. I was horrified. Then I didn't understand the sober living business and how big it was and that there was any corruption even involved. I was shocked to know that even people um, were doing, I was shocked to find out that insurance was covering it and how is this happening? And then, oh, they were calling it a disability. And I'm like, what? Like, Nobody I ever knew was like called themselves disabled. How embarrassing. What kind of bullshit is that? I was just like, so it really took me down this rabbit hole. And even when I did my first festival, film festival, it was in a church in the south side of Chicago where Obama went. I guess it became famous for that, but it was famous before him. Anyway, it was a really good festival. In that, the place was full. So I, there's a big side of the church, a little side of the church. And, uh, you know, it, it was really, um, I don't know how I can say this. So the place was packed, and there was a panel of us, and then there was all these questions. And people wanted to know, like, you know, why isn't there something else? Like, my brother went here, and it failed him, or my son went there, and everybody blames. So if you just did it this way or that way, you're not doing it right. You know, there was all that stuff. And eventually it it just came that things were going on that I had no idea. And I think that AA people and that uh, who are good people, they don't go to a ton of meetings. I'm sorry. Like most of them, they go like once a week or whatever. They find a men's meeting or a women's meeting or a gay meeting. Like, you know, people who go every day, I, I swear to God, there's got to be like something wrong with them. And um, anyway, but um, that these people, you know, it it just began to be such a big 
Mm. Let's say Mishigash, like it just was too much. It just seemed way more than I could take on. And then this guy at the church, he came up to me and he was dressed in a really nice suit. And I thought 95% of the people were black. I mean, it was a black church on the south side of Chicago. And he said, look, like if it was, it was, this film would have been great, like if you would have just stayed on track and talked about 13-stepping and predation, but you went down and you attacked AA and you did this. And I, I was like, you know, like I couldn't help myself. I said, yeah, you're probably right. But, you know, I, I found out so much and it was so disturbing that I had to talk about it. And it was hard to get into festivals, but I did. I think I was in 13 or 15 of them. But I did get into Cannes at the documentary corner. And that was rewarding, hard work, and not very glamorous, but, glamorous, but you know, hey, I did get to meet that uh, Jean Reno in the elevator because of that. That was pretty damn cool. <laughs> the guy from The Professional. Mm. But, you know, I think... Uh, I think that it just is time to address it because of the Me Too and the Time's Up campaigns and the exposing of Harvey Weinstein and Jeffrey Epstein and, man, just so many. Was it Bill Cosby? Good Lord. Right? I mean, that was like, how long did that take? There was like a woman going after that for like um, 10 years. I think 10 years. Um, there were so many. Oh, look at this. Megan Trainer. She has a song called Me Too. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I think that, like I said before, if you want to talk but you don't want to call in, I get it. And you can email me at makeaasafer at gmail.com. And you could contact me here at Block Talk Radio, uh, Safe Recovery, and there's a way, you know, you can say hit up the host. And you could also reach me. Um, oh, Facebook, where though? Okay, not necessarily me. Like, I don't friend just everybody because I would be, I don't, I don't, I just can't do that. But um, leaving AA and deprogramming uh, from AA or any 12 step program. Those are groups, and you have to ask to join, and you have to answer the questions, or, you know, that's just the end of that. And I am just going to do just give me one minute. I think if there's somebody, let me see. I want to do something. I just you hold on there for me. And I don't know. I guess I could say, do you want to talk? Um, Kevin, do you want to say something? Or ask a question, I guess you more you would say something. Mm. So I am going to be doing another show about the pilots because something really good has just happened regarding the pilots. And let me just get that story. So a United Airlines pilot sued uh, because he is a Buddhist it's so funny that the people who are, what do you call it, the people who are um, atheists, they they really have a hard time. Now, I don't know that he didn't have a hard time, but this story is on a PR, um, let's see, what's it called? 
the PR the PR Newswire. The EEOC sues United Airlines for pilots' right to choose refuge recovery. So this was the 21st, and a pilot sent it to me, I think yesterday morning or the day before. It's a big deal, really big deal. Um, complaint filed in the U.S. District Court for New Jersey. The EEOC said that United refused to allow the pilot, David Disproud, to instead attend meetings of the Buddhist-orientated support group Refuge Recovery in order to earn back a medical certificate that he needed to fly. That's what you need to get. Refuge Recovery is a nonprofit peer-led program of recovery from all forms of addiction. Refuge Recovery World Service is not a party to this lawsuit. It does not take positions in legal, oh, whatever. That sounds kind of stepper-like, but never mind. Um, in a clinical study reported by the National Institute on Drug Abuse, the late Dr. Alan Marlatt from the Addictive Behaviors Research Center, Department of Psychology, University of Washington, joined other researchers in observing the effects of post-treatment program of mindfulness meditation. Dr. Marlatt concluded that patients who continued to meditate in supportive communities after treatment had a higher rate of recovery. Um, by contrast, the study found that where patients did not continue to meditate, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's a true statement. What about all the atheists? I mean, I'm not an atheist, but you got to give people who don't believe that. Um, you got to give them a chance. You know what I'm saying? All right. Last time, last call for alcohol. No, just kidding. It's eight one eight four seven five ninety two eleven. Everybody is maybe watching a TV show. You know, I should really read you the numbers of how many. How many people, um, when I asked this question, oh, my God, did you guys hear this thing about chicken wings that went on for Governor Cuomo said that chicken wings are not a substantial food for bars to be allowed to sell alcohol? He said sandwiches were the lowest level of substances food. What a, what a, what a nitwit. Who could say that? It's so crazy. You know what I mean? All right, now I'm having a hard time finding my, um, my survey, my survey, survey. This is oh, you know why I'm not in the right place. I am so. I'm sorry, guys. I was over on my page, not in my leaving AA group. Okay, so here it is. Back in May, on May 18th, in the middle of the shutdown, we're two months in. I was losing my mind. I posted this. Everyone in this group has experienced rape, sexual assault in the rooms or by a member outside the rooms or their children were abused, let's start a group chat. Then I will call these two firms, then you call, and we would have a Zoom about it. Okay, so the first one was, were you sexually harassed? 39 people said yes. Uh, you were sexually assaulted by a 12-step member? 18 people said yes. Harassed online? 17 people said they were. I was stalked by a member? 12 people. Groomed and charmed by a narcissistic predator? 8 people. 5 more options. I told I would die if I didn't accept Jesus as my Savior. Uh, there's, I don't know, five people. Um, you were raped by a 12-step member, which is more severe than an assault. That's pretty awful. Um, that was four people in that group. Um, uh, had a child molested by an AA or NA member. I know about people where this happened. That was really horrific. Uh, oh, I just found somebody who I've been looking for. Okay, uh, let's see. Unwanted sexual advances by a 12-step member. And there are at least four people said yes to that and forced into sexual exploitation. Okay, so that's a lot of people. 
62 comments and uh, a lot of people talking about 39 people were harassed, 18 people were assaulted, 17 were harassed online, 12 were, were stalked, groomed and charmed, 8 and, and down the line. And so I think it's time. I was going to do a Zoom. I might do a Zoom next week with anyone who wants to do it. And then call the attorneys that are really out there. I think the ones that are handling the Boy Scout cases would be really, really good for this one. So again, I want to thank you all for listening. I believe I'm going to do a show again next week. Um, I might do a political show. And I just think that if you know anybody where it's happened in a professional setting, and that means that it happens in a sober living or a rehab or IOP, I'm leaving that out, okay, Um, you know, outpatient, Please, please, you tell them to contact me and that you have a case. Like, that is, it's just so illegal. Like, that you are in the workplace. Like, you're being sexually harassed by, oh, my God, like, by a therapist. Or even if they're not a therapist, even if they're just a a KDAC, you know, they have that six-month certificate and they're sober 25 years. Bad, bad, you can sue the place. Uh, And... If it's sexual assault or rape, then you have a case for the police, and that's criminal. And I would also recommend that you don't go alone and that a lot of police departments do have um, law and order, what is law and order, SVU departments. They do. Um, If they don't, you can also just go to a rape and crisis. But I want to warn you, beware, as you go down this road, especially rape and crisis, um, a lot of women in the program got involved in that. And they um, they could be there. And so anybody there starts to victim blame you, say, thanks very much, but no thanks. I'd like to speak to somebody else and maybe take an advocate with you. Okay? All right, everybody. It's been great talking to you tonight. Thank you for listening, Kevin. And anyone else out there in Blog Talk Radio Land who's been listening. And I will see you, I think, next week. All right. Good night, everybody. Take care and have a good evening. And hang in there through this COVID crap. It's got to end eventually. (laughs) Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much. Again, I'm Monica Richardson. This is Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. And we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.